بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وأحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما Last week we spoke about the permission that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and to the believers after the hijrah to make jihad to fight in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala against the disbelievers so during the 13 years that the Muslims spent in Mecca fighting was prohibited Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not give permission to the Muslims to fight against the kuffar but now that they had migrated to Medina and they had established a state Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them the permission to fight against their enemies so during the first year after the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam arrived in Al-Madinah during that first year that the Muslims were in their new home the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam organized a number of expeditions against the kuffar and the first expedition that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam arranged against the disbelievers was in the month of Ramadan in the first year of the Hijrah and this was a group of companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam a group of Sahaba from the Muhajireen the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam himself did not accompany that group but he put it under the leadership of Hamza ibn Abdul Muttalib radiyallahu an and we mentioned that the groups that the Prophet sent, the groups of companions that he sent, if he wasn't present amongst them himself, if the Prophet himself was not part of that group, then it is called a Sariya. And if it was a group that the Prophet himself was physically present with them and he was leading them himself, then it is called a Ghazwa. So the first Sariya, the first group that the Prophet sent, in jihad was this group in the month of Ramadan in the first year of Hijrah and that was under the leadership leadership of Hamza ibn Abdul Muttalib and then the Prophet sent another group in the month of Shawwal just the next month and these groups of course were instructed to try to ambush the caravans of the Quraysh. There were caravans of the Quraysh. They would go to Sham. They would go to the greater Syria area to purchase merchandise. And then they would come back to Mecca. And they would pass nearby Medina on their way back from Sham with all of their goods and all of their merchandise. So the Prophet ﷺ, he would set up these groups to try to ambush these caravans of the Quraysh on their way back to Mecca so that the Muslims could get back some of the stuff that was rightfully theirs when they left Mecca of course and they went to Medina they left everything behind they were forced to leave Mecca and go to Medina and they were forced to leave all of their wealth behind in Mecca and the Quraysh they took control of that so basically the Quraysh stole all of the wealth of the Muslims in Mecca and this was an opportunity 
to get some of that back. So the Muslims, of course, they had every right to ambush these trade caravans of the Quraysh that were coming on the way back from Syria to Mecca. So the Prophet ﷺ, he arranged for these groups to go and try to do that. So the first group, as we mentioned, was in the month of Ramadan, the first year of Hijrah under the leadership of Hamza ibn Abdul Muttalib. The next group that the Prophet ﷺ sent was just the next month after that in Shawwal. Then, of course, the month of Dhul Qa'da, Dhul Hijjah and Muharram, there is no fighting allowed in these months. So the Prophet ﷺ didn't send any expedition during these months, the Ashurul Hurum. Then in the month that came after Muharram, the month of Safar in the second year of the Hijrah, <coughs> the Prophet ﷺ himself, he led an expedition. So this was the first Ghazwa. Then in the next month, the month of Rabi'ul Awwal, there was another expedition. Then in the month, a couple of months later, in the month of Jamadi Al-Ula, there was another expedition. So you can see here that the Prophet ﷺ, he is putting a lot of pressure on the Quraysh by sending out these groups. Some of them under the leadership of someone he has appointed from the companions and some of them under his own leadership ﷺ himself. But he sent multiple expeditions out to ambush these trade caravans of the Quraysh. So the Quraysh now they were under a lot of stress and a lot of pressure and they were very worried about this. So these expeditions took place, a number of them as we mentioned. Then in the month of Rajab in the second year of Hijrah, during the month of Rajab in the second year of Hijrah and remember Rajab is also one of the sacred months, one of Al-Ashhur Al-Hurum. <coughs> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, Inna iddata shuhuri inda Allah ithna ashara shahran fi kitabillah, yawma khalaqa samawati wal ard, minha arba'atun hurum. That surely the number of months with Allah is 12 months on the day that He created the heavens and the earth. And out of those 12 months, there are four months that are sacred. And those four months are Dhul Qa'da, Dhul Hijjah, and Muharram, which come consecutively together. And then there is one month that is separate, and that is the month of Rajab. So during the month of Rajab, which is one of the sacred months where fighting is not allowed, during the month of Rajab, in the second year of the Hijrah of the Prophet ﷺ, a great event took place in Al Madinah. And that event was. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala changing the direction of the Qibla from Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa in Jerusalem to Al-Masjid Al-Haram, the Kaaba in Mecca. When the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would pray in Mecca, he was ordered to pray in the direction of Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa. Even while the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa was in Mecca, he was ordered to pray in the direction of <coughs> Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa. But the Prophet ﷺ, his heart was attached to the Kaaba. The Kaaba, which has such a great significance in Islam. The first house of worship that was built for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So of course the Prophet ﷺ, he had an attachment of his heart towards the Kaaba. So even though he was praying in the direction of Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa as he was ordered to, 
while he was in Mecca, he would pray in such a way that he would make the Kaaba between himself and Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa. But when he migrated to Medina, there was no way that he could do this anymore. Because in Medina, Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa is to the north and Al-Masjid Al-Haram is to the south. So there's no way that you can pray facing the direction of Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa while also facing the direction of the Kaaba because they're opposite directions now. So he couldn't do that anymore. But he continued to follow the commandment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he would continue to face Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa. But his heart was yearning and he had that hope that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would change the direction to Al-Masjid Al-Haram. And he didn't specifically ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this. He felt shy to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knew the hope that was in his heart. And the Prophet ﷺ, he would turn his head towards the sky. He would look towards the sky with this hope that maybe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he will change the direction of prayer from Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa to Al-Masjid Al-Haram. So the Prophet ﷺ, he arrived in Al-Madina and for about 16 or 17 months, he continued to pray according to the instruction of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala towards Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa. Then in the month of Rajab, in the second year of the Hijrah, the command came, changing the direction of the Qibla from Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa to Al-Masjid Al-Haram. The, the prayer or the hope of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that desire of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was fulfilled by Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala revealed the ayah, قَدْ نَرَى تَقَلُّبَ وَجْهِكَ فِي السَّمَاءِ فَلَنُوَلِّيَنَّكَ قِبْلَةً تَرْضَاهَا فَوَلِّ وَجْهَكَ شَطْرَ الْمَسْجِدِ الْحَرَامِ فَوَلِّ وَجْهَكَ شَطْرَ الْمَسْجِدِ الْحَرَامِ وَحَيْثُ مَا كُنْتُمْ فَوَلُّوا وُجُوهَكُمْ شَطْرًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informed the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Surely we have seen you turning your face towards the sky with this hope that Allah will change the direction of the Qibla. فَلَنُوَلِّيَنَّكَ قِبْلَةً تَرْضَاهَا So we will turn you to a Qibla that will make you happy. فَوَلِّ وَجْهَكَ شَطْرَ الْمَسْجِدِ الْحَرَامِ So turn your face towards Al-Masjid Al-Haram. And wherever you are, wherever you are, when the time for the prayer comes, turn your face towards Al-Masjid Al-Haram. And that is the commandment that we continue to follow today. So the Prophet ﷺ was very happy that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had fulfilled this wish of his, he had fulfilled this desire of his. And the first prayer that the Prophet ﷺ prayed in Medina facing towards Al-Masjid Al-Haram in Mecca was Salatul Asr. Salatul Asr. So the Prophet ﷺ, he led Salatul Asr and a number of his companions prayed behind him as well facing towards Al-Masjid Al-Haram in Mecca. After the prayer was finished, one of the men who had prayed behind the Prophet ﷺ, he went out to inform the people that the direction of the Qibla had been changed. And there were other jama'at that would go on in other masajid in Medina. It's not like everyone was gathered together, always praying behind the Prophet ﷺ. No, there were different jama'at in different masajid. So this man who had just prayed Salatul Asr behind the Prophet ﷺ, facing Al-Masjid Al-Haram in Mecca, he went out 
and he found a group of people who were praying Salatul Asr in one of the masajid of Medina and they didn't know that the rule had been changed. They didn't know that the Qibla had been changed. So they were praying Salatul Asr. They were praying Salatul Asr <coughs> and they were facing Al Masjid Al Aqsa. So while they were praying, facing towards Masjid Al Aqsa, this man he enters the masjid and he says, Ashhadu anni sallaytu al asra khalfa rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam nahwa al kaaba he said to those people while they were praying he said i i bear witness that i just prayed salatul asr behind rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam facing the kaaba in makkah so they were praying and they heard this and the imam heard it too and imagine this this is something that's amazing medina is located in such a position that al-masjid al-aqsa is towards the north and al-masjid al-haram in mecca is towards the south so imagine that it's not just a little change in the direction if the imam was facing like this and the people are praying behind him now he would have to go to the other side of the masjid and the people would have to come behind him and pray completely in the opposite direction the front becomes the back and the back becomes the front so when they heard that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had just prayed Salatul Asr facing towards Al-Masjid Al-Haram. They were in the middle of the Salah. But they quickly submitted to the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When they heard that this is the new legislation, they obeyed. Sami'na wa ata'na. We hear and we obey. So the Imam who was leading the Salah, he actually turned and he went all the way to the other end of the Masjid. And the people they rearranged themselves as well so that they were facing the opposite direction. Just try to imagine this scene in your mind. Subhanallah. But this is what happened. So the masjid where this incident happened, where Salatul Asr was prayed, part of it facing Masjid Al-Aqsa and the other part of it facing towards the Masjid Al-Haram. This is the masjid known as Masjid Al-Qiblatayn. The masjid of the two Qiblas. And it is still there in Al-Madinah. And most of the times when you go to Medina, most of the groups, they visit this masjid and they remember this historical event that took place there. So this happened during the month of Rajab, <coughs> during the month of Rajab in the second year of the Hijrah of the Prophet Now the Jews of Medina, when they heard this, that the Qibla had been changed from Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa to Al-Masjid Al-Haram, they were very upset. They were very angry. They felt the fact that the Prophet was praying in the direction of Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa, they felt that gave them, the Jews, some type of superiority over the Muslims. Like this was our Qibla, and these guys, they're still praying facing our Qibla. So we have some type of command or some type of authority over them still. So they were happy about that. So now that that connection was broken in terms of the fact that the Muslims were not praying facing their Qibla anymore. This made the Jews very angry. And of course, we must understand and we all know that the changing of the direction of the Qibla from Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa to Al-Masjid Al-Haram, it does not take away from the importance or the significance of Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa to the Muslims at all. Rather, we revere and we respect Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa with the utmost respect. But still, the Kaaba is greater. The Kaaba is the greatest house of worship for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on this earth. 
So the Jews, they were very upset about this and they felt that they were losing that sense of superiority and that sense of control and authority that they had over the Muslims. So they tried to argue with the Prophet Why did you change? Why, why was the Qibla changed? You claim to respect the Prophets of Bani Israel and they're all from that place and you're changing the direction of the Qibla from Jerusalem to Mecca. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says regarding this talk and these arguments that they came up with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the fools from amongst the people Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called these Jews fools the fools amongst the people they will say what is it that turned these people away from the qibla that they were facing and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives the answer say to Allah belongs the east and the west and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he will guide whomever he wants to guide to the right path Allah owns the east and the west he owns every direction and the people will pray in the direction that Allah commands them to pray this is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answered the foolish arguments of these people who had a problem with the Prophet for changing the direction of his prayer. So that was the month of Rajab in the second year of, of the Hijrah. Later on in that month, later on in that month, towards the end of Rajab, the Prophet he prepared another Sariya. And as we mentioned, a Sariya is a group of people who is prepared to go out in an expedition or in a battle without the Prophet himself being physically present. So he sent a small Sariya, a small group of eight companions, eight Sahaba under the leadership of Abdullah ibn Jahsh radiallahu anhu. And he told this group of eight people to go on foot, to walk in a certain direction. He said, go in this direction. And the Prophet ﷺ gave Abdullah ibn Jahsh, the leader of this group, he gave him a letter that had some instructions. And it was sealed. And he told Abdullah, don't open this, letters, this letter until after two days have passed. Go walk towards this direction with your people. And don't open this letter right now. After two days of your journey, then open the letter. So Abdullah ibn Jahsh, he took this letter and he took his group of people and they went in the direction that the Prophet ﷺ ordered them to go in. After two days, Abdullah opened the letter and it was instructions from the Prophet ﷺ to go towards Mecca, to actually go near Mecca in order to gather intelligence. In order, order to gather this intel from the kuffar of the Quraysh to see what their plans were, to see what they were up to. And all of these missions that the Muslims had attempted before this, none of them were actually completely accomplished. They tried, but they were never able to completely accomplish the missions. 
And the reason for that was because they had a lack of intel. They didn't have enough information about what the plans of those people were. So they couldn't make their own plans. So the Prophet ﷺ realized that this was a strategy that they needed to use. They needed to go and before doing anything, they needed to get a good picture of what the plans of those kuffar were. So they could plan accordingly. So the Prophet ﷺ, he sends this group and after two days as they're walking, Abdullah ibn Jahshi opens it and he sees the instruction of the Prophet ﷺ is to go all the way towards Mecca and to go to a place near Mecca to try to find out the intel from the kuffar of the Quraysh. And also in these instructions, the Prophet ﷺ mentioned anyone amongst the group, whoever wants to leave and come back to Medina, whoever doesn't want to continue with this journey, that is his choice and there is no sin on him and there will be no punishment for that and there is no repercussion. If anyone doesn't feel like continuing on this journey and going all the way towards Mecca, then he is free to come back and there is no problem with that. But Alhamdulillah, these were the companions of Rasulullah Do you think even one single one of them thought about going back? No. They all said, no, we will continue in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they all continued, all eight of them. They reached the area of Nakhla. And that is an area between At-Ta'if and Mecca. So they're very close to Mecca. So they are between At-Ta'if and Mecca in an area known as Nakhla. And from amongst these eight people, of course, is the great companion, one of the, one of the most awesome companions of the Prophet Sa'd ibn Abi Waqqas radiallahu an. And also Ukasha ibn Muhsin radiallahu an and others amongst them as well. So they reached Nakhla and they saw a small caravan, a very small caravan going towards Mecca, coming back into Mecca. So a caravan of the Quraysh, a very small one, on its way back into Mecca. And this caravan was so small, it only had about four or five people. And the Muslims, they were eight people. So when they saw this, they thought to themselves, what should we do? Maybe we should actually go and ambush this caravan. The Prophet ﷺ, that's what he was doing in these past few months. He was going and ambushing, trying to ambush the caravans. So now we have this opportunity, we should probably ambush it. So they consulted with each other to decide what they should do. But they hesitated. And the only reason why they hesitated is because of the month that they were in. Remember we said that this was the month of Rajab. And what about Rajab? Rajab is from Al-Ashhurul Hurum. It is a month where it is not allowed to fight. But they were not sure if it was still Rajab. You know, they have been on a journey for many days and it was already towards the end of Rajab. And on this day, the day that they actually saw this caravan, they were not sure. Is today the 30th of Rajab? Or is it the first of Sha'ban? And that was something that would make a big difference in their decision. Is it the 30th of Rajab or the first of Sha'ban? They weren't sure. They weren't sure. If it was the first of Sha'ban, no problem. They would go ahead and ambush it. But if they know for sure that it's the 30th of Rajab, it's still from these sacred months where it's not allowed to fight, then they wouldn't do it. So they weren't sure what to do. 
but they assumed that it's probably the first of Sha'ban. And they thought to themselves, if we, if we wait to make sure, even though we're not sure that it's the first of Sha'ban, if we wait around any longer to make sure, then that caravan, it will pass us and it will go into Mecca. And if it goes into Mecca, then of course inside Mecca, there's no way that we can fight. Because Mecca is Al-Haram. Mecca is a place where it's not allowed to fight in the first place. So we need to make a decision right now. We can't wait to find out. So they said, okay, it probably is, our best assumption is that today is the first of Sha'ban, so we should go ahead and make the ambush. It turns out, in actuality, that they were mistaken. It was not the first of Sha'ban. It was the 30th of Rajab. But they, assume, <coughs> they assumed it was the first of Sha'ban, and they made that decision to go ahead and to ambush that caravan. So Ukasha ibn Muhsin, he approaches the caravan first. And Ukasha ibn Muhsin, it happens to be that his head was shaven. It was, it was shaven. So those people from that caravan, those kuffar, they thought that this guy, he must be someone who just did Umrah. And he happens to be around the area. So he came and he approached the caravan and they let him approach because they thought this guy is just a Mu'tamir. This guy is just a guy who has come for Umrah. There's no harm. So they were caught off guard and then Ukasha ibn Muhsin and the rest of those eight people, they were able to ambush that caravan. They ambushed it and they were able to overpower the kuffar of the Quraysh. And one of the Muslims who was part of that group, part of that Sariya, his name was Waqid ibn Abdullah. During that ambush, he actually killed one of the kuffar of that caravan and that kafir's name was Amr ibn al-Hadrami. So this was actually the first mushrik who was killed by a Muslim in the way of Allah in Islam. This is the first incident of a mushrik being killed by a Muslim in the way of Allah. So the man who killed Amr ibn al-Hadrami was a Sahabi, a companion of the Prophet وسلم, named Waqid ibn Abdullah So a couple of them ran off, a couple of those kuffar, they ran away when they saw what was happening. Amr ibn al-Hadrami, he was killed and the other two, they were taken as prisoners. The Muslims took them as prisoners and they took control, they commandeered the caravan with these two prisoners and they went back to Al-Madinah. They went back to Al-Madinah. Now when the Quraysh, when they found out about what had happened, they were very angry. And they said, look, look what the companions of Muhammad did. They broke the sacredness and the holiness of the month of Rajab. This is a month where it is universally agreed upon that we don't fight during this month. And they even went against that. So the Quraysh, they wanted to make a big scene out of this. So the Muslims, the group came back to Medina with this caravan and with these two prisoners from the Quraysh. And the Quraysh were making a big deal about what happened and the fact that it happened on the last day of Rajab. And the Jews of Medina were very happy. They thought, okay, this this is going to make the tensions between the Quraysh and the Muslims reach a boiling point. And the Quraysh are going to come and they're going to fight the Muslims and they will obliterate the Muslims 
and then things will go back to how they were before Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam came to Medina. So the Jews were happy, and they actually tried to add fuel to the fire, hoping for a big confrontation between the Quraysh and the Muslims. So people really started asking, "Wow, did Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam actually abrogate the ruling?" of the sacredness of the holy months and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the ayah regarding this they ask you about the holy months and fighting during those months say that fighting during the holy months is something that is huge it is a big sin and of course the Muslims who did this, they didn't know that it was Rajab. They did it under the assumption that it was the month of Sha'ban. So inshallah, there's no sin on them. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this ayah to show the people that no, these rules have not been canceled. The Ashhurul Hurum, the holy months, the sacred months will remain sacred and it is still haram to fight during these months. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clarified that. Qul qitalun fihi kabir. Fighting in the holy months is something that is a major sin. But what about the atrocities of the Quraysh and what they used to do? What about what the kuffar of the Quraysh did to those Muslims? They turned them away from the deen of Allah and they tortured them and they made all sorts of trials and tribulations and fitna for them. And they disbelieved and they actually kicked the people of Mecca out of Mecca. The only reason why the Muslims had to leave Mecca and go to Medina was due to the evil of the Quraysh. So they're making a big scene now about killing, about fighting in the holy months when they were doing things that were worse all along. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes them to task for this. Forcing the people of Mecca out of Mecca, that is a bigger sin with Allah than fighting during the holy months. What you did, Ya Quraysh, it's worse than fighting in Al-Ashhurul Hurum. It's worse than fighting in the sacred months. So they have no moral authority to speak like this. And the fitna that these kuffar of the Quraysh have been perpetrating for so many years, that is worse than fighting and that is worse than killing. So this was clarified by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now as we mentioned, there were two prisoners of the Quraysh that the Muslims were able to take. And the Quraysh, they wanted those two guys back. But the Prophet ﷺ, he demanded a ransom for them. He said, we're not just going to give them back to you like that. You want them back, you pay us for them. So the Quraysh, they agreed and they paid the Muslims. They paid them a ransom, a fidya. So now, of course, the tensions between the kuffar of the Quraysh and the Muslims, it had really, really reached a very boiling point. And this was now in the month of Sha'ban. Now we're in the month of Sha'ban. And during the month of Sha'ban, a new commandment came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this was the command of fasting during the month of Ramadan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the month of Sha'ban, just one month before Ramadan, 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the order that Muslims have to fast during the month of Ramadan. So then the month of Sha'ban ended and the month of Ramadan started and the Muslims fasted during the month of Ramadan. During Ramadan, another command also came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that was the command of zakat, to pay as zakat. So these great commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala came during this period. And it was in Ramadan, in the second year of Hijrah, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused the greatest battle in the history of Islam to take place. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls the battle of Badr, calls the day that the battle of Badr took place, Yawm al-Furqan, the day of distinguishing between truth and falsehood. So this took place in the month of Ramadan in the second year of the Hijrah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And the precursor for this was that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam sent some of his companions to gather some intelligence regarding the movements of the Quraysh. And he received this intelligence that there was a huge caravan, a huge caravan of 1,000 camels. Imagine this, 1,000 camels. And this caravan was being led by Abu Sufyan. So when the Prophet ﷺ heard about this and also from the intelligence that he received was that this caravan had very weak security. There were not many guards. Huge caravan with weak security. So very good opportunity to ambush this caravan. So the Prophet ﷺ, he said to his companions, whoever has a riding animal, whoever has an animal that you can ride, get on it now and let's move. They didn't have any time to lose. So whichever companions had an animal, they got on their animals and they went out towards Badr. And we will talk about the Battle of Badr next week, bi-idhnillah. Wallahu a'lam, sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.